0: We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is...
1: Hey hi.
0: How are you? Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly, cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back to other fun movie topics. This is, uh, this is a bit of a hodgepodge episode we got here.
1: Hodgepodge number, I think, 75.
0: <laughs> We've done <did> some hodge. <laughs> we, we do some hodgepodge and what we consider to be off weeks. Not that it's an off week necessarily, it but that it's an off week. It's just that
1: there's not
0: a probably a major release. I mean, yeah, we have Annabelle Creation, which I'll be happy yeah. to talk about. I did see it and everything, but like, we, yeah, we yeah, it's kind of a, things are down compared to some of like the bigger releases of the week. But we have other movies that we can still talk about. I've, I've seen the new releases of this week. And just a variety of other things, too. I'm currently yeah. in am always well,
1: catching up on topics that we haven't talked about on the show.
0: Yeah, for sure. We'll go catch up on other topics and what have you, go over a few more trailers in just one, do some new stuff as well. But, uh, you know, Abe, you're clearly not on your regular recording area.
1: No, I'm not. I don't know if you guys can tell. I'm in the, uh, the, uh, the throes of – I'm trying to think of something clever, but I'm in the, the – It's going to pay the, off any second now. It's <laughs> I'm in the juggle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm currently in Las Vegas visiting uh, with my mother. My lovely girlfriend's here with me as well. So yeah, we're kind of out of the area <laughs> of our regular locations. <laughs> our desks or or closets. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna keep this week going, uh, with a few uh, a lot of stuff. Of course. Yeah, we got a lot yeah. a lot of stuff to still talk about. <laughs> be fun. Yeah. And um, let's see. Let's uh let's get to some let's get to some show notes stuff real quick. Uh, first up Three hundredth episode, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Somewhere around uh, mid-September is where we uh, plan to do something for the three hundred. I, th- I thought you'd follow up on that in some way. <laughs> okay.
1: I was gonna say yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even that would have suffice, but you said nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Uh, what gonna- else? uh commentary track we do a commentary track every month you guys like the commentaries we're happy to do them and this month um, down. what we've narrowed it down yeah we have narrowed it down this month in honor of the 50th anniversary i thought we'd do something different we're gonna do the bonnie and, we're gonna do bonnie and clyde uh, or do a commentary track for bonnie and clyde i have some uh, guests in mind for that one it should be a fun and very informative episode so looking forward yeah. to getting that one done um which and i'm saying this right now the move they're having like i believe a fathom event for bonnie and clyde in theaters so if you wanted to, by the time we get this pod, this commentary track out, you could go to said fandom event with your iPod and listen to our commentary track while watching the movie.
1: If you actually do that, I think you'd have to tell us, and we have to get you something nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> throwing the throwing the gauntlet down there for that one,
1: <laughs> right? Because that actually is a cool idea, but uh, you know, I, I don't know many folks listening to the director's commentary or just any other commentary or they're watching it on the big screen, which would be probably a treat.
0: It's a possibility. But speaking of which, Terminator 2 does have its 3D re-release coming, as we and we have already done a
1: commentary track for that, so that's another one.
0: Who hasn't seen T2? But have you seen T2 in the theaters in 3D with our commentary track? I don't think so.
1: Again, <laughs> so, if you do that, let us know.
0: Yes. Uh, James Cameron will be proud. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, let's see, what else? iTunes reviews and ratings—good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. If you log on, I'll log on to iTunes, search for Out Now in You can find us. You can give us a star rating. That'd be great. You can even write us a written review. That'd be even greater. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, let's um, let's move on now. We're so we're foregoing some some general uh, segments that we do and just going straight to trailer talk because uh, we want to talk about a number of trailers that have come out recently. And because uh, you know we can't cover everything, um, but every mm. now and then we get these times where we can collect our thoughts on a lot of the trailers that have happened. And knock a few out before we get cuz i i have like a list of build out all the trailers that come out and then like it comes like a week before the movie's like oh we never even talked about the trailer oh well so i got on like a race right. so we're going to do that um and first up i i wanted to talk about some of the netflix things that are happening two specific ones yeah. uh first up is stranger things um for season 2 i believe Anna and i along with the others we talked about this at a comic con on our comic con bonus episode um but Abe you and I have not talked about stranger things and you Anna and I have famously talked about stranger stranger, stranger things in a late night nights episode nights that's right probably
1: one of uh one of our most exciting
0: ones C- certainly one of the loosest ones because we were all very tired <laughs> We were like we need to talk about <laughs> stranger things <laughs> so, but now we have the trailer for season two so i want to start with, let's go with you because i've talked about it before already abe what do you think of the trailer for season two of stranger things
1: stranger things season thing or <laughs> Stranger? <laughs> those <bads> are words <laughs> stranger things season two is uh it was really a fun trailer to watch and it's It's so much of the nostalgia that we talked about during our Out on Nice Nights episode where, um, you know, Stranger Things is not really anything groundbreaking or new. It's it's just a lot of things that are well done that you've seen before. So with the kids stopping off at this really well lit kind of neon uh, arcade and then playing games at an arcade, which I haven't done in a while. Uh, probably because arcades are very hard to come by these days. Dragon's um, Lair, no less. Like, the game they're playing. <laughs> like, this the, is, yeah, yeah, which is... I think they were playing the RPG version of that, right? It seemed like um, it. So, it was really neat. But also, the mix of the, the Michael Jackson's Thriller theme with the Vincent Price... Uh, what, what is it? Like, the monologue that he has during yeah. it? Yeah. So well done. It's so creative. And it it definitely got a big smile on my face because I was just feeling the, the energy of everything that's 80s. And while I didn't fully grow up in the 80s, I definitely you know recognize a lot of the, the things that were there. But I, I had a good time with it. The other piece was um, I have no idea what uh, their buddy was seeing out there because that seemed like a mother demogorgon. It <laughs> really seemed like a regular one. So I uh, I'm curious about what they're going to do with that. Uh, it's cool that Eleven kind of has a this little brief little, uh, you know, way that she can get out of the, the upside down again. Uh, but that's kind of a given considering that Millie Bobby Brown, her profile has since skyrocketed uh, from this uh, from the show. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see where they're going to take this because Will seems like he's really kind of kind of checked out. He seems like he's seeing visions. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, very,
0: I'm very curious what a season with Will's going to be like because he's you know kind of a nothing character since <laughs> he's, 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 he's gone. Well, we're going to learn more about him. So we'll learn more about yes. Will and we'll, we'll find out if that lowers the amount of time spent on Mike. <laughs> Why apparently I'm the only nice. one that's I, not necessarily against, you, you but you dislike, like, like, uh, I don't dislike I Mike. It's just like, you know, Mike my... Mike's pretty He's yeah. pretty much a straight arrow. Like I'm more interested in the other kids that are going there.
1: Yeah. You and I both loved uh, their buddy. What's his name? Well, um, Lucas
0: and um, – Lucas. And yeah. um, with the hat. What's his name? Dustin. Yeah. Dustin. Du- yeah, Dustin. But I Lucas, yeah, that
1: guy, we loved him because he just took the, the initiative. He went to go and try and find Will on his own. With Lucas, man La- Han- yeah, Lucas did
0: with on, his, on his bike yeah. with his slingshot. We can just keep talking about Stranger Things. But... We
1: could. I was, was going to ask you, have you played the Stranger Things Netflix game? Where you're kind of just going, you're just screen jumping, but it's just a scroller, and all you have to do is jump to get some power ups, and then you have to fight off the, uh, uh, I think like evil sheriff dudes or scientist guys, and at one point the Demogorgon starts chasing you. I have not, so you've I have not played recreative. this game. <laughs> Try it out. It's, it's kind of addicting.
0: But as I, as I said before, I do like the trailer. I'm, I, the, the fact they got Thriller in it, which I'm aware, um, Sean Levy, producer, like, producer of the series, he had, like, he did, like, a lot of work to get, like, it wasn't an easy thing to get Thriller into a trailer for this TV show. It was a difficult process. I'm very aware of that. And that makes sense to me. But just, and we're, I mean, we're talking about a trailer, not even, like, the show. The show, I mean, it looks good. Like, it's strange no season of Stranger Things. I, I hope that the kind of regard for the first season doesn't kind of taint expectations or make it, impossible for the Duff, duffer brothers to kind of deliver on what we would expect from a another season of stranger things but as far as trailer construction goes which i'm very interested in which is why, why we talk about trailers on this show um I, I think it's a very effective piece of marketing like it does a great job of bringing back you know the things you want to see in, you know stranger things but also finding a way to make that really exciting and i mean yeah it's simple enough to just say stranger things season two you know coming soon that's it but this is like this is a great piece of tra- marketing here so anyway well, let's move on. Stranger Things comes out or October 27th, I believe. Um, Perfect. Yeah, right around Halloween. I know that. Let's see. So let's uh, let's get to the the other kind of Netflix thing I wanted to mention, which is Bright. Um, the, trailer two. Yeah, trailer two, starring Will Smith, Mustache, and Joel Edgerton, all three of them. Uh, it's directed by David Ayer, and it takes it's like a cop drama that takes place in a world where fantasy creatures exist and they coexist with human beings on Earth. And so Will Smith, it's, uh, there's a show, there's an old, there's a movie, and then it became a show called Alien Nation. Uh, the movie had James Con and Mandy That's Patinkin. familiar. Yeah, and it's they, basically that, I'd, it's in even like District 9 kind of riffed off it, where it's basically like aliens had come to Earth, and they existed on, alongside humans. And so like, James Conn was like a cop, like he was like a racist cop against aliens, and Mandy Patinkin was like an alien there, like but it was like a buddy cop movie. But you know, the twist is that it's, there's aliens involved. This has a similar kind of thing, where Will Smith... Is and his mustache are a cop and Joel Edgerton plays like a monster and they're like yeah they are like a monster co- or like a demon fairy cop fantasy creature yeah, cop like,
1: fairy elf yeah they yeah. like
0: elf that, and they're yeah and they're like they're partners they're like cop partners and so uh, it sounds really it's silly this to describe
1: is 48 hours but it's 48 hours no.
0: yes but with fantasy yeah. creatures and the yeah, like with the fantasy. and the thing is it's david Ayer, so it's like the grittiest version possible of this premise <laughs> <society>. <laughs> Well, did, he, did he write it too? I can't remember. I don't believe he wrote it. I don't, I don't okay. see David Ayer being like, you know what? My LA movies could use more fantasy creatures.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Max, of course it is. Max Landis wrote this. I think I forgot that, but yeah.
1: Max Landis, alright. Yeah,
0: Max Landis of Chronicle and Trolling on the Internet fame. Yeah,
1: um, exactly.
0: <laughs> more, more so the latter these days. Yes. But yeah, that. And, what, what do you think? What do you think of what this looks like?
1: I like the Super Bowl trailer too—the one where is kind of just Will Smith driving through, and then you weren't really sure what you're seeing. It's
0: uh, Abe. Abe. Give... Abe. It wasn't a Super Bowl trailer. It was an Oscar trailer. It came on during I'm the Oscars. I'm <laughs> I'm said my bad. That. Yes. All right. The appropriate I'm time bad. to I'm air bad. the trailer for Bright, the fantasy action movie starring Will Smith and Mustache and Jill Edgerton.
1: During the Academy Awards. Yeah. No, yeah. That makes. If I was. It felt more like it was appropriate during the Super Bowl trailer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In any case, uh, with the, with the, the the next one here, the one where they kind of expand a little bit more about what you're trying to get at, it's actually a kind of interesting story. And I said that because the villain sort of gives me just regular villain vibes of, oh, well, let's go and get the last unicorn horn or whatever the case was. But I think the build-up to it is actually very cool. Um, everyone is kind of aware of what this what this can do or what it should be doing. And they kind of have rules around it, right? You know, well, you can't have this or you can't have that. But the only thing that kind of bugged me (laughs) was when Will Smith is waking up in the morning at his house and he goes and swats down this, uh, this Uh fairy and um, uh, says some cool little line. I was like, I don't know. That seems like a throwaway line, but um, I'm actually intrigued by it. I mean, it has
0: to normalize the idea that there's just like, Pests There's just like in the very, form of these like, that are like other
1: around. yeah the other kind of world other worldly creatures around yes which doesn't totally make sense but I'm I'm kind of very intrigued by the plot of the movie I mean yeah plot
0: wise it looks pretty standard as, as it's you know it's like a. To kind of these two like unwitting cops, he's an orc, by the way, Joel Edgerton's character. And Joel, by the way, Joel Edgerton, like that seems so random. Like he's the I one. Know, just... right? You'd think that you
1: know, under all that makeup, uh, I remember watching the Conan episode where he was on with the entire cast, and apparently he went through like three or four hours of makeup every day. And I was like, oh gosh, that's it was like thick makeup too. It wasn't like uh, yeah, just well, like yeah, yeah. So that that's why I, I like your comment of you know Joel Edgerton. It's like. Could've just been Mandy Batinkin, for all we knew.
0: Like it could've been anyone that I mean, I'm I'm happy that Joe <laughs> Andreton wants to get it's just I see Joe and is like this guy's like a committed like character actor. It's like it I don't see him like this guy getting into the makeup chair to be a, a creature, but you know, there he is, so we'll see what happens. Right. Um this is like, this movie's very expensive. It's ninety million dollars. It's the most expensive Netflix movie. I, um, let alone just a really expensive movie in general. And I, I am very intrigued by, by the fact that it's, you know it's Will Smith starring in a movie that's gone straight to Netflix. That 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 I I mean clearly he must have saw something in this, or he really liked working with David Ayer on Suicide Squad, which helps because he's, you know, the best part of Suicide Squad. Um yeah. so I <clears throat> I can hope that, you know, you and I are both hot and cold on David Ayer, so I can just hope that right. this works out better than it doesn't, but you know,
1: we'll see. Well the last one was Suicide Squad, which we were both cold on, so... very cold on. Maybe <laughs>
0: I, I it's not quite a like some yes it's you know it's not an every other one is good type of situation it's more of like <laughs> sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's really bad but yeah, I, I mean what was, before suicide saw was fury and i, I liked fury yeah, i was all right with yeah i it would, i wasn't writing home about it. it was like okay it's good uh but yeah. like yeah before i guess it kind of is actually looking at this filmography because Sabot- sabotage yeah. was terrible yeah. but end of watch was really good. And then, and then the Street, Wars Kings Wars. Was ter- Street Kings was terrible, <laughs> but Harsh Times is pretty good. So, yeah, I guess it really is like an off and on. <laughs> so, so we're due for an air win right here, guys. Right.
1: Or well, at least, you know, a pretty a solid pass.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. We'll see. Bright uh, premieres on, on Netflix sh- streaming uh, December 22nd. So just in time for Christmas.
1: I mean, it's going to be the feel-good movie of the year. And Mustache. And Mustache, yeah. Do you let's, think Will Smith uh, must actually get his own credit?
0: I assume he's had his own trailer, so why wouldn't he get his own credit?
1: <laughs> and you know Will Smith has a big trailer. So. Yeah, I know. I definitely know. I've seen his basketball hoop on his, his trailers, yeah. which is pretty amazing.
0: Let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on. Um, let's get to some of the uh, theatrical releases that are coming our way. Uh, first up, we had a new trailer for Mother. They're the first trailer for Mother this week, the new Darren Aronofsky film. Um, starring Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. That's I'll keep <laughs> That's A lot of other work. people too. Dommel Gleason's in this. Uh, Kristen Wiig apparently has a role in this. Uh, but yeah, so it's a new Darren Aronofsky film. This movie looks creepy in the way that Darren Aronofsky can do. Plot is very vague so far, but like. Lawrence and Bardem are a couple, and Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer just arrive at their house, and then more and more people just start arriving at their house and making life yeah. hell for Jennifer Lawrence, apparently. What do you think, Abe? What do you think of the trailer?
1: I really enjoyed this trailer, and I think that it's it's the intrigue that's brought upon us by exactly what you stated. There's just a couple in this house, and uh, Harvey Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence, and then all of a sudden, Ed Hare shows up. And I, I love that the trailer asks the questions that you would ask, which is, do you even know this person? Like, <laughs> why, why are you here?
0: Why are and there more I, people coming?
1: Yeah, I love how the trailer didn't just tease us and say, oh, well, there's people that keep coming in the house, and, and now there's more, and Jennifer Lawrence feels uncomfortable. But it's more like she is creeped out by it. And then more people just keep showing up. And obviously, I, I definitely got vibes of Polanski's um, Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's marriage baby, but you know, everyone kind of just uh, is influenced or has a love for other movies in the past. But with that being said, I'm still not sure what's going on with uh, this movie toward the, uh, the end of the trailer. So I was pretty intrigued on board. I'm, I'm kind of not sure if it's like a psychological thriller or if it's just going to be something that um, just ends up being, you know, really spelled out. But Super intrigued. What about you?
0: I mean, it's Aronofsky, so there, yeah, the psychological drama in there—that's I mean, that's, that's all, almost all of his movies. Oh, it's given. Which, no, Noah, yeah. notwithstanding, like it just it, there's a lot. The, just the way it's all edited together, and just the kind of the, the imagery that you're seeing. There's a lot of just creepy stuff going on between, like the way the yeah. light bulbs are. There's like there's a shot of like like a crowd of people in a doorway, and like a guy just slams the door shut. It just looks like a like a crazy haunted house movie, essentially. Yeah. But yeah, I I like Aaron Hofsky. I like when he gets into this kind of thing. I like him in general, as far as his films I because I, I was a fan of Noah. <laughs> that's decidedly different from whatever this is. This is more of like Requiem Reck- 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 Reck-
1: Reck- for a Dream territory again. But like, still, it just yeah, or even Ty. told just people just, in just, the show. I'm definitely you know that movie is so rough on me that I I have to turn that off like halfway through. Yeah, you no, know, that's not so. one that
0: I revisit. I saw it once. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I don't watch it again.
1: It's it's not because of it. It's more just like the mom kind of going through all this, you know, substance abuse, and I'm just like, this is rough to watch. (laughs) So anyway,
0: yeah, Mother! Exclamation point, which is in the title, comes out September
1: lowercase and exclamation point lowercase
0: lowercase M exclamation point at the end arrives on September 15th,
1: just in time for Labor Day. Well, just after, yeah, just after Labor Labor Day. Day.
0: (laughs) The next film we're going to talk about. Um, speaking of fantasy creatures is the shape of water uh, the new guillermo del toro film okay. um, which i'm automatically excited for because it's a new guillermo del toro film <laughs> um, but this one so this one's like it's set in a uh, cold war era america like the early 60s um, it's a in a secret government laboratory and it involves uh, sally hawkins as i believe a mute a mute woman yeah. who works there with, uh, and, like she works with Octavia Spencer. Yeah, on this kind of secret classified experiment thing. There's some kind of like right. creature that they've come across and I guess they're just doing kind of research upon it. Um, Richard Jenkins is there um, as the more sympathetic of people that are working with this creature. Um, same with Michael Stuhlbarg who plays like a scientist that's along there. And then you have evil Michael Shannon there as like the, the, the taskmaster. <laughs> and of course, Doug Jones plays the creature in question. Um, from what I can tell, it looks like this kind of fantasy drama romance um, as far as the yes. kind of the connection that forms between Sally Hawkins' character and Doug Jones' uh, creature. Creature? But, uh, yes. yes. Uh, it looks quite intriguing. Abe, what would you think?
1: Love this trailer. I actually uh, was super in love with the cast as well. Um, the more that the trailer went along, the more that you saw and I was thinking, Richard Jenkins? I love that guy. That guy is not in more things. I need that guy to be in more things. Obviously, I think you and I both love Michael Shannon. Um, but seeing him kind of just play this character where he looks like he's very fitting of the character, also a plus. But uh, I love Sally Hawkins. I, I loved her since uh, Blue Jasmine. And I thought that she was uh, – she's a terrific actress. And she plays this mute, communicating with us via uh, facial expressions, which uh, is is kind of a great actor's task. But um, I'm intrigued by this story because that creature looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon sometimes. So – curious as to where it's going but also everything everyone who's involved in this i have great respect for
0: i mean it's a it's a del toro film so i'm not going to be surprised by how good the art direction is or like the creature i mean i'll still i'll be impressed in whatever way but i mean certainly that's an aspect i'm looking forward to but kind of a given which is nice to be excited about but also yeah the the yeah the involvement of various cast members here um it's just a strong cast and yeah you mentioned blue jasmine with sally hawk and she's good in that movie uh, i believe um todd gilchrist was on the show We talked about um Happy Go Lucky, which you revisited like around the time we recorded with him when he was talking about it, and that's uh-huh. that's from like 2008, um, where 2008. she she at least she won the Golden Globe for like comedy, but she wasn't nominated for an Oscar, which was strange. But that's it's a great performance by her, um, yeah. and having her which is and it's a very like it's a very talky performance of what she's doing here. She has nothing to work with except like her facial expression or what have you, and yeah. so put, putting that against this kind of Toro creature feature, like yeah, that's a that's an interesting way for him to go. Uh, an interesting challenge for the you know on the actors part as well, and yeah, in terms of the I, I, I mean, what was Darth Thor's last one was Crimson Peak, uh, which from a production standpoint certainly looked great. I think we were a little beautiful bit more, from production. we yeah. were more, more questionable about the story because it was just kind of familiar. But at the same time, I don't think that was necessarily the thing that Toro Toro was going for but I mean here it was yeah. like he's, he, he's in this kind of zone and you're back in this kind of zone similar to what he, I think what I thought Crimson Peak was going to be more of where it's less uh, less about you know being like an action adventure and more about being this kind of period drama um, which is you know where his best films you know Pan's Labyrinth or Devil's Backbone those lie in that kind of category mm-hmm. and so I'd, I'd love to see something like this where it kind of matches up to that kind of uh, degree so we'll see but I'm, yeah I'm certainly very excited for the movie um, yeah Shape of Water arrives in theaters uh, December 8th. Hmm, okay. So around award season, basically. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, uh, that, that gives me, uh, that gives me an extra dash of hope. Uh, let's see, the next trailer, um, probably the most fun that will have, probably of all these trailers, actually, is a Suburbicon. <laughs> um, this is... I, Like it's easy to like. I'm gonna say these names, and it's already be like, yep, of course I'm excited for this. The Supermakan is the new film directed by George Clooney, written by the Cohen brothers, and starring Matt Damon, Oscar Isaac, and Julianne Moore. It's like (laughs) that has everything it needs (laughs) to be probably fantastic. The the IMDb description is very brief. It says a home invasion rattles a quiet family (laughs) town,
1: which um, that sounds like Joel and Ethan Cohen wrote that.
0: That's very vague. (laughs) um from what the trailer shows means like matt damon gets himself involved in something that he did not intend to and oscar isaac's like a gang lord that comes <laughs> comes questioning what's going on here and like lots of violence erupts um in ways that are fitting for a movie written by the coen brothers um right. i am intrigued that it's direct it's di- it's written by the coen brothers but directed by george clooney that's uh yeah like the coen's that they've been doing some script work over the years they, they wrote they they co-wrote Unbroken, um, and they they wrote they co-wrote uh, Bridge of Spies, um, and so now they've co- they've basically written a movie that seems something like they would direct, but just is like let's cut Cooney do it apparently, and that's what's happened here. Yeah, uh, what did you think of the trailer? Did they
1: also write a movie with uh, Colin Firth, um, but they didn't direct that one? I yeah, can't
0: remember. They, oh that was like yeah that's um, it's him and Cameron Diaz like barely came out in theaters. Um, yeah. A little bit. But in any Gambit, case, yeah. it, it just, Gambit, to, just to add
1: to your point, that they've written uh, things for other folks and not directed it. What did
0: you think of the trailer for Con?
1: When I was watching it, I didn't know any of this stuff, and I was thinking to myself, "This feels like a Cohen brothers movie." And then I found out that it was. It was written by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Uh, I I'm also kind of curious about the George Clooney direction thing. I I've seen him direct before. Uh, I think that um, uh, what's the one with uh. uh Confessions of a of a, Confessions
0: of a Dangerous Mind.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was actually a really good movie. That I don't know how many people saw it, but that it's was one of my uh, movies, so. Yeah, that was like Clooney's direction, and I I haven't seen Good Night, Good Luck for whatever reason. I think that it, I've just never really been in the mood for it, but I've heard good things about that as well. I mean, that
0: was a big Oscar play that year. It was, it's a good movie.
1: Okay. Yeah, um, but I I have no doubts that he's going to be. Fine directing it, I think that he has a pretty good relationship with the Coen Brothers, or at least I, I would think, I would hope that he does. Just because there's a lot of really good timing that the Coen Brothers do with their movies uh, and their scripts. So he's worked on he's worked on uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I don't know if he's done another Coen Brothers movie.
0: He's a, he has he four. He has Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Intolerable yep. Cruelty, uh, Burn After Reading, and Hail Caesar from last year.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. What am I? I <laughs> What am I saying? Anyway, he's a veteran with these guys then. Yes. So with all that being said, uh, I love the darkness that it's giving me as well with, um, sure, the name too, but also exactly what you see on the screen. And I I, uh, I like how Matt Damon has um, – I think you're going to see a different side of Matt Damon. I mean, not that you haven't seen it before, but just in terms of this character kind of going from everyday to the the more wildish outlandish. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think I mean, for one thing, I'm a huge Oscar Isaac fan. So him and being involved in a movie like this, like, yeah, all right, let's, I want to, there's not much of him in the trailer, but everything he does, you know, it, it gets me excited. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in a movie like this. I guess my only question I have is whether because the Coen brothers, their scripts are so very specific and that there's a reason why the films they direct work really well. It's because of how they, they know what they're you know going for. Clooney obviously is, you know, he's worked with them a lot at this point. He certainly, you know, he has a, I'd imagine an idea for the rhythm and they certainly, they wouldn't write a script and let them direct it if they didn't, you know, all kind of share same page as far as what they're trying to accomplish with the film. I just hope it doesn't kind of lose anything in pos- any possible translation of what's going on. Um, That's it. I don't doubt that it will at the very least be just very entertaining. So, yeah.
1: We've got uh, a lot of good trailers this week.
0: I, yeah. Uh, like, Suburb- Suburbicon opens... There's not one
1: disagreement at all yet.
0: Uh, so Suburbicon opens same day as Stranger Things 2 what gets on Netflix, October 27th. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Choose! <laughs> yeah. Let's do one more before we move on to some uh, movies yeah. that came out. Uh, let's talk about The Mountain Between Us. Okay. Uh, this is a film where uh, Stringer Bell and Rose get to get. No, g- uh, this is where this is Idris Elba and Kate Winslet are two random people, two strangers that make a. They're they're both in a hurry to get somewhere, and so they they decide to team up and get on a small plane that you know, takes them traveling over um, some remote snowy mountains. And of course, the plane crashes, um, and now it's uh, that it's just the two of them versus you know. Nature in order to see kind of find a way to get back to any sort of civilization, yeah, but yeah, you have Idris Elba and Kate Winslet in a you know adventure uh, film, adventure drama. Abe, hey, what do you think of this trailer? Do
1: You know if this is based on any sort of it's based off a novel. Okay, because it certainly felt that way. Yeah, and I can agree. I wasn't that. a huge fan of the trailer. That's because things seem to be too coincidental. Of hey, you know Idris Elba, I'm I need to go get somewhere, and Kate Winslet also needs to get somewhere and then they just charter this plane and he well, that's, the ba-
0: that's the basic premise <laughs> it's not I coincidental just, that's but, two people that need he's to also, do something.
1: He, no he's also like this medical doctor because she injures her leg apparently and then they've got to go and stave off wolves but lo and behold nobody's looking for them because she says in the trailer that the guy didn't fly on course he didn't take the course that was plotted he decided to take his own course so it's kind of a bummer, but I, I'm i not really sure of perhaps what I'm going to get out of a movie like this. Um, not that not that I wouldn't get anything out of it, but it's more of the tone that they're going for. Is this a survival story? Is this you know uh, un, uh, d- demons in my past and I'm going to have to confront them with this newfound character kind of movie? Or is this going to be a love story? I don't know. But with all that being said, I, I just wasn't a huge fan of the trailer itself. It looks... It looks really well done. It reminds me of uh, something like The Grey, where it's beautiful in cinematography, but I don't know if it's going to give me the same vibes as, oh, wow, this is a super deep movie.
0: I, mean, I can say that compared to some of the other movies we talked about, given the kind of high profile of the directors involved, I'm more excited for the other films, but at the same time, I mean, it's a, it's fine. Like I'll see the movie. Sure. I, 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 I like Andrew <laughs> Elba and Caitlin's other good actors. I... I Especially after The Dark Tower, I look forward to seeing Idris Elba do something that's, you know, much better. Um, and he gets to be English, which is also nice for a change.
1: Why is Kate Winslet English? <laughs> Not everyone can be English. It's too much, apparently. <laughs> that's, that's like a Hollywood rule. You can't
0: have two leads that are <laughs> – they can't use their real accents. Um, yeah, it's, it's too much. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it looks well filmed and everything. You get the snowy environments and all that. But yeah, it it does, you know, look like a fairly standard story about two people coming together and trying to work, you know, through a a desperate situation. Yeah, it looks like a pretty basic survival story. But still, you know, compared to just being one person stranded out there or a group of people, it's like you know, two people. It's like, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Mountain well, between us opens October. Show that. What?
1: I was gonna ask when they released that. October sixth.
0: Beginning of October. Okay.
1: So, yeah, all right. Let's um let's move on now.
0: Let's get to some, let's get to the movies. Let's get to some of the movie releases that have happened. Um, Abe, you haven't seen anything new, not
1: anything new, but I did catch up on a couple things, but, but we can we... get to that later.
0: Well, no, let's, let's hear one of yours first before okay. I just start talking about
1: it. Sure, yeah. I, I was able to watch The Edge of 17, one of uh, uh, your favorites from, last year? I liked or... it. It was one of my favorites. It was it was good. Um, oh, okay.
0: I, it uh, has a lot of high
1: regard. I know that. Yeah. I thought it was all right. Uh, I thought that it was, uh, certainly, yeah, sure. It's a coming of age story. And I was actually kind of surprised by the higher marks that some people were giving it. Uh, cause I found that the story was, well, I understood that it's about one character in this case. Um, uh, Haley Stanfield, character, her, her name is, uh, Nadine. So her name is Nadine. So Nadine is this character, this kid that's going through a lot because she's had a lot that's happened in her life in terms of trauma and now her best friend is dating her brother and it's just really hard for her to kind of grasp things. I think that the way that they took it was just more of these steps that you feel are kind of just normal for uh, a movie like this. And so I didn't really feel as that there was anything too, too special about it because the problems that she was relating with, they're were, they were solved relatively fairly easily. Even though there's like a really good emotional outburst scene from her brother, which I I liked, and then also there's really good scenes with Woody Harrelson, which I think I can certainly see why there's uh, a lot of praise for him in this role. Um, but well, overall, it's, I mean, it's
0: it's the actors in general that make the, that gave the movie some that the praise that it had. Yeah, I agree that the story that which is why it's not you know, wasn't one of my like favorites. It's just one I really appreciated because I think Haley Steinfeld and Woody Harrelson and um what's his name the the brother. Yeah. Um, jenner jenner yeah from uh, everybody wants, yeah. wants them yeah, i thought yeah. i thought they were all very good in their parts i think they did a, a great jo- a great job of kind of handling a good about a dialogue that's you know fair and even the um, the character that plays um the, the one that has that that's like interested
1: in her um yeah no, i i love that guy too the yeah, and character. To guy, the yeah. One. Uh, but yeah no, i loved his awkwardness <laughs> i thought he put it up really well because well, there's, I mean, like the
0: there's, a, there's a realness to it, though. there's like a naturalness to it though. I think I thought it worked quite well.
1: Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with the naturalness of some of these characters, some more than others. Um, I didn't think that I, I wouldn't include Haley Seinfeld in it. I think she's a good actress, um, especially given her her time being on the screen from when she was in True Grit upwards to now. But when you say um, upwards to now,
0: it's like what else? There's True Grit in this movie. Like I can't think of anything else where it's like okay, this, like her,
1: I mean she did. She did uh, the one where Samuel L. Jackson is her CIA teacher, and then she has to go. She wants to go to prom.
0: Yeah, that random director did video movie. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: in any case, I agree with you that the characters are what make this movie. I didn't really have that much affinity for the plot.
0: All right. Okay. So I have seen the, the kind of the major releases of the week. Uh, first up was Annabelle Creation, which uh, was in number one um, this weekend.
1: I'm happy to hear that.
0: Thirty-five million dollars. Um, not if, bad. if this was earlier in the summer, you might have a, a shot here of getting something.
1: <laughs> I mean, it could double next week. <laughs> Probably not, but
0: <laughs> it, uh, it it bodes well for the Conjuring universe in general because they've all been pretty pretty consistent as far yeah. as the amount of money they've been making. But the movie itself, it's quite good. Um, I. I hear that. Yeah, I was not a fan of the first Annabelle. It was not a good movie. It was really bland and really boring and really not scary or very creative anyway. This one is a, a giant turnaround because it's very effective for what it's doing. It's not going to say it, it's not doing anything new, but it's it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it kind
1: of. It takes, starts by the guy who did Lights Out, right?
0: Lights Out, which was also surprisingly quite good. Uh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed Lights Out. Um, and so this one really, it, you know, it takes the. There's not much to do with the premise. It's just like there's a there's a there's a doll that seems to have evil around it and you know what these what you know characters do around it this time around it's kind of set in this isolated farmhouse area and just the way it uses the space and the way it uses darkness and uh how it builds tension to form scares and whatnot it's just it's really well done like i, I it's it's a it was a fun movie to watch with like an audience that's into the kind of the horror going on nice. the scares or whatnot like it, it just worked really well Similar to because it's because we had what uh, Ouija Origins of Evil last year, which is you know also a prequel to another really bad horror movie, and this is kind of the same thing where it's like somehow the prequel to the movie that was terrible the first time around ends up being much better than the first one, um, mm-hmm. which was great. Like I was I was very happy to be satisfied in that degree with it. Um, and it's pr- I mean because I've been okay with these Conjuring movies, besides Annabelle, like The Conjuring, The Conjuring Part Two or whatever it's called i know others have really liked the conjuring and we're like right we're were fans of conjuring too I was fine with The Conjuring, but this, this is probably the most fun that I've had with the, with the in this kind of Conjuring universe. I, I don't deny That's that. That's a term that
1: I wouldn't really know, normally associate with, uh, you know, horror movies. Well, because
0: it's not like but, depressing horror. It's like the kind of where you're like, at least for when it comes to... You know, there's, about, there's, good,
1: there's good scares.
0: There's good scares in a way where you're like, you're having... Like, same with like the Paranormal Activity movies, where I'm not like depressed watching them. I'm just, I'm having fun in this kind of yeah. world where... You get what's happening as far as there are jokes that are forming in different ways. There are scares forming in different ways, and they kind of get to you. And mm-hmm. it's it's kind of it's like being a fun having that bit of a jolt in every now and then. And Is
1: there more of an explanation of this Annabelle doll? And and does it does it satisfy your interest in it? Yes,
0: I mean it's okay. It, there's a reason why it gets made. That's why it's called creation. Um, there's a reason why there's evil surrounding it. And, mm-hmm. and even does a good number of things to connect itself to the rest of the Conjuring universe, which I was surprised and satisfied with, not in a way where it feels like we're, you know, stepping aside for half an hour like the mummy to explain how this create you know connects to a greater universe first of all every scene they're
1: explaining anything in the mummy
0: (laughs) but there's like a whole half hour they're like let's visit russell crowe's place to talk about everything else that happens in this universe (laughs)
1: and let's make him turn into dr jekyll and mr hyde and so we know that there's another character in this universe already
0: but, yeah, this one, it just has little, like, nods and references to other things that, you know, have gone on in the Conjuring world, and I thought it's quite effective for what it's doing. And so I know there's a, there's a Conjuring 3 on the way, as well as a movie about the nun and the crooked man, so it's like, well, if these can all be th- this satisfying, then sure, let's keep going with this interconnected horror movie series.
1: Yeah. What is the the runtime on this? It's an
0: hour and forty nine, I
1: believe. Yeah. So pretty,
0: pretty brief. Forty nine. I mean, it's, it's longer than an hour. like a horror movie. I would think being like ninety minutes or ninety three minutes or something like mm-hmm. that. This is it's a little longer, but it doesn't feel oppressively long. It's it's
1: engaging throughout. Yeah. Can you uh uh say that there's uh, multiple high scares? Meaning, oh yeah, they were on the same level of I was surprised by that, or I was kind of shocked by that. I think or, it does a
0: good balance kind of, of kind of like, like the. One, what, it does a good balance of like the jump scares as well as the kind of really big tension-building moments. I think
1: there's okay. some really satisfying I don't satisfying like those ones. in the Conjuring universe. I don't like those tension-building moments.
0: Oh, I, there's <laughs> some really satisfying ones as far as what's... It's, it's, it <laughs> I didn't really watch many of the... I watched like the first trailer. I didn't really watch it. I think one of, them, one of the big problems I had with the Conjuring was that they showed the best scene in the first trailer, which is the whole... I remember like, when you
1: saying that, and I was really bummed out because that was my favorite scene. I hadn't seen the trailers. So, so yeah, we yeah. the, the stairway scene with the matches. Oh, the,
0: the clap. Well, because it builds the whole thing. Like, it starts with Lily Taylor, like, on the, you know, on the second floor, and she's, like, slowly yeah. going through the house and everything and goes down and gets into that basement. Yeah, and then, yeah, the clapping thing. And it's just, yeah. that's, like, the best scene in the haunting. <laughs> because, like, there, I wasn't, like, I wasn't as into it once you get to, like, there's, like, all the exorcism stuff and what have you. It's like, okay, like, this is less.
1: That's kind of like a standard thing that you would see in an exorcism movie it felt, but yeah, it i felt re- pretty
0: plain by comparison but right. that movie was huge so what do i know apparently but still yeah, this is- okay.
1: well again when we did the review for it i the thing that i pointed out was okay who's folding laundry at 3 15 in the morning <laughs> and only really only lily taylor and again she asks these questions of kids is that you it's 3 15 in the morning lily i i don't think it's your kids and i wouldn't go downstairs but again, you and I loved how we actually knew where the sand was coming from, and we knew the, r- the route that she had to take to get there, which was amazing. Man. Good job by the director on that.
0: Yeah, and James, well, and, that, and that's kind of good on this. This What I also noticed about creation and about creation is that it, um, James Wan's style for the director, David F. Sandberg, he does what he can to kind of replicate that style to an extent. There is a sense of like creating the geography of the house and having cameras move around it and give you kind of a layout of what's going on and understanding, which is all the more satisfying when you you know you know where you it, are. Yeah,
1: it adds to the factor of um, especially knowing again the layout of the house, so you kind of know that perhaps there's something around the, the corner because you know the layout. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where would you rate this movie?
0: you can see it in theaters. I like guess it's, it's a solid scary movie for now. Until I guess. It... Oh, that's the other thing. So I saw they had a scene for it um, before the movie started. Like they had the whole. Pennywise in the kid in the sewer scene. Wait, they had the scene, or was it the trailer? No, it was the, the scene, not the trailer. It was like a scene. It oh had, wow! like, Ste- like it was literally like Stephen King was out and he's like, "I have a scene from my all new adaptation of It." And he was like, "Watch it if you can." And it was like, "Okay, Stephen King, shut up, so we can watch the thing." <laughs> <laughs> I love Stephen King; he's a great guy. <laughs> and so, but yeah, they showed like the whole, like the whole, like most of the whole clip of like the kid with the boat and it's going down the gutter, and then it goes into the sewer, so and then probably the scene. Yeah. And it uh, it was really effective. Like I got I've talked about, I, I've talked about the trailer on. We've talked about it on this podcast. Exactly. I, it's a well, it's a good trailer. But I was also kind of like a little indifferent because I just thought, like, the clown seemed like so overly evil as opposed to like, well, if it was just a clown regularly, like Tim Curry is like, you probably wouldn't necessarily be afraid of it. It's only because of the context of the framing of this clown. Here, it's like, okay, i I'm I'm. I'm I get this. I, I like what I'm seeing here, how they're presenting this. I thought it was really effective. I'm, I'm more looking forward to it now that I've seen like this little clip. It looks that's uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's is. like
1: some solid praise there. Cause I remember we talked about it and we talked about all those issues that we, that you did have. And I agree with you because when you look at the poster for it, uh, the way that they do bill scars makeup, the, the red kind of creates these, you know, menacing looking eyebrows. Right. So Uh, It looks it looks very on the nose of, hey, by the way, I'm a I'm an evil clown over here. Whereas, yeah, if it was kind of just a regular in general, clowns aren't great anyway. But uh, that these movies have really hurt their clown business. But with that being said, uh, I'm glad that you how long was the how long was the clip? Was it It like a two minute clip? It was like a
0: five minute clip.
1: It's a solid clip. then
0: yeah, it it, it did its job.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm spooked out to go see it. But you got to do what you got to do.
0: Uh, so the next film um, that I saw this weekend that came out is The Glass Castle, um, yeah. which is the uh, adaptation of a memoir um, by Jeanette yes. Walls, um, which you told me is like like a really famous memoir, apparently.
1: Uh, it, yeah, it's one of the better biographies that I've read. Um, I'm a fan of biography, so I remember reading it, and I remember yeah, feeling pretty emotional when I was going through it, um, especially the way that she writes. She writes it in a very open way, uh, so she's very honest about her thoughts about her childhood and her father growing up. And, uh, uh, she, she, obviously gives a reason why she calls it a glass castle. Uh, with that being said though, um, what did you think of the movie? I
0: thought it was okay. Um, okay. So it's from the team that gave a short term 12 where the the director, Destin Daniel Cretton and, uh, Brie Larson was the star of that movie. She started this movie. And so I haven't read the novel, but, um, I'm aware of what it is is and having done some you know post reading on it and i guess the issue because like the acting's fine like brie larson's good and woody harrelson's really good in the movie um but the i guess it's just the the kind of the way it's presented like the first half is really solid i think it does a good job of kind of showing you what this family life is like um and it kind of jumps back and forth in time so like it gives you like a modern perspective on, on brie larson's character um versus like how she was growing up with with uh, her parents and her siblings, and how they're kind of like squatting in houses and living in poverty, and so it's 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 interesting because I just haven't know I didn't know the story before, um, and watching kind of it, it it's more in the past than it is in the future, and all that stuff it was working, but then kind of towards the second half it just started to become more and more like like drama of the movie where like every dramatic situation <laughs> it's like every dramatic situation that could happen happens, and in a way that it just, it, it feels almost contrived. And I get that these things did happen, apparently. Um, but for one thing, it's not as gritty as I think it could have been. I, I From what I can okay. tell, it seems like there's even darker things going on. But, like, the film seems to want to refuse to paint a really bad face on Woody Harrelson or Naomi Watts as the parents. Like, it it's... Because I mean it's dabbling with abuse as far as how these parents are treating the kids, but it doesn't really want to outright say that. it wants to kind of every now and then like remind you, oh yeah, these guys, these are fun loving parents. they just do things differently and it just it doesn't quite add up and then it gets to the end where it just kind of wants you to feel good when you're walking out of the theater as opposed to feeling bad about how these kids got raised. and it's, it just yeah. feels at odds of itself as far as how
1: far And I it definitely wants to go want to uh, yeah, I definitely want to add in like the abuse part that Aaron's talking about is not like physical abuse. it's kind of just the way that they they live like this bohemian lifestyle. So are you psychologically abusing these kids by having them move every time the rent is due and, and also uh, having to like never pay hospital bills because you're just like running around and never being settled kind of thing. So I I was curious if there was going to be, you know, the the cinematic moment where the music swells and Brie Larson is confronting her father with all this stuff. uh, And if that was kind of this cathartic moment, but Sounds like it's kind of contrived. I'm kind of bummed out to hear that.
0: Yeah, it's a shame because I, you know, I would have liked to see it better. I am a big fan of short term twelve. If that was really effective.
1: Yeah, I, I love the short term twelve. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just. I think that was like my first exposure to Rami Malik. I've seen him plenty, but yeah,
0: he's he's in there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I just I wish. I wish it was better overall. It's just fortunate that it, okay. it's not, and, and it, it's gotten kind of mixed. Like I know some people that like like it really like it, and then others are just more kind of on my side where it's like it's not that it's like Sorry. horrible. It's just kind of it doesn't quite hit as effectively as it could. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: How long is this runtime?
0: Two hours and seven. Okay. It's like two hours without credits, and then it also has the thing where it's like let's show you the real people in the credits, that kind of thing, which is like <laughs> yeah, which I kind of enjoy because like oh that's okay, so that's that's the reality. Did they do a
1: good job casting? <laughs>
0: <laughs> enough said. Enough said. Got yeah. it. Woody Harrelson. They yeah. did. Woody Harrelson. He, he looks a lot like the the father. and whatnot but, like i father. Mean, that's, that's, that's that's beside the point. But I mean, as far as what these people actually look like. But I mean, the other thing with it too is like because in addition to the kind of how it presents the drama, the story. I mean, it involves R. larson's character and the father, and, and but there's also like. Three other siblings and the mother, and they don't really right. come off as characters. They just come off as like people that every now and then people pop that are there. In. And like the yeah. mother, especially because you have Naomi Watts playing her, she's just kind of like eccentric artist. Like she's not really a person. Like there's no real character right. for her. She just and, and given the things that we see Woody Harrelson do, it seems like there's more that could have been developed between like who this man is and how he treats both his wife and his children. Yeah, you know, we don't really. Right. We just kind of get glimpses of those things with emphasis on the father-daughter relationship which is fine if the drama worked better on that front but it kind of doesn't so it's like we're left with like two characters that are fleshed out for the most part and then drama that doesn't really add up as well as it could
1: that's kind of a bummer here because again you have a higher profile actress like Naomi Watts uh, who's been great in a lot of things and here she kind of just plays a character that kind of will be on screen to introduce some stuff from time to time, it sounds like.
0: Oh yeah, it just there's no real depth to the character beyond. She makes crazy paintings. Like that's it. Like that's all I know about her.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I think one of the best things about the mother is that um, she's aware of what's going on. She or she and it kind of just was, you know, her husband kind of leading the charge, but she was definitely uh, she she was kind of more on Brie Larson's character side in her biography of like, Hey, I know that your life sucks and I'm sorry that your life sucks. Or I'm, I'm complicit in it sucking. I'm kind of using terms pretty loosely here, but, um, I, you know, he's, he's my husband, he's your father and kind of stuff like that. So it's a bummer that they didn't flesh her out a little bit more.
0: Yeah. I mean, because what you're saying is like that stuff I can kind of glean from it, but at the same time, the, the movie doesn't really do much of a job to show you that without being, Either either longer, just kind of you know adapting it differently to fit in that element. So
1: yeah, what is uh who plays her fiance? Is it Max Green? Max Greenfield, uh, Schmidt yeah. from the new from New Girl. <laughs> See when you say Schmidt, it gives me a different connotation altogether. It's <laughs> like this goofy dude who just you know he's a playboy, and then Max Greenfield's like, oh no, he's a, he's a, he's an okay guy. <laughs>
0: i mean yeah that's the it's, it's it's not much of a stretch for him what he does in the movie versus what i've seen him do on tv so right right but he's effective i mean he works he's, you know it's just not much of a character beyond like he's this guy he's he's the nevishy nervous husband or nervous fiance that doesn't know how to act <laughs> around the parents
1: <laughs> well it's over here where would you rate this movie
0: yeah
1: you can wait you can wait for, uh, for netflix for, for red docs as we say <laughs> We should call it Blue Box now because it's a Blu-ray, but you can get it from Red Box. I would, I mean, I would never say get a DVD at this point. So, okay, good point.
0: I I just assume that you would understand that I'm saying (laughs) DVDs.
1: That's understandable. Uh, Did you have like a a couple other movies that you had seen that we hadn't touched about?
0: Uh, Yeah, one is Kidnap. Just saw last night with (laughs) with with uh, with Anna and, and my mom. We saw Kidnap, the Halle Berry thriller um her the i mean there was there was the call from a few years back um and right. now we have kidnap which once again just has her in this kind of b-movie role where she gives it her all and it it
1: it works like this so the movie <laughs> I, I was on the edge of my seat i wasn't sure where you were going to go whether it was going to be good or bad so i was very happy to hear that you said it works <laughs> well it it knows what it's
0: doing like it, it's it's of course like preposterous that movie well yeah it's of course it's preposterous in what way it's presenting where you know Halle Berry plays like a single mother she's at a park and her kid gets kidnapped and she spends the whole movie getting him trying to get him back which mainly involves a lengthy chase from her minivan uh after the you know the kid the kidnapper is in mm-hmm. question um but it's like it's nonstop. Like there's, it's the kind of like frantic paced movie where there's no downtime. There's no, like, let's have a flashback to her backstory or anything like that. You get like,
1: Oh, I like this. It's, so it's all linear then. Yeah, right, in terms you, yeah, of... you
0: get, you get like 10 minutes to, you know, in the beginning to set up the character and who, you know, the kid and everything. But after that, it's just like a nonstop chase. I mean, the movie's only 80 minutes. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it, it does its job, sure, but it's, it's lean and efficient and it works. Like it's really, it's a, it's an, it's a really enjoyable watch. It's exciting.
1: Um, the, does holly berry have a like a particular set of skills is she that kind of a mom she's just she's a waitress <laughs> so, okay so she's, she's not like an ex CIA posing as a, ma- a waitress kind of thing I,
0: in the in you know kidnapped two, kidnapped
1: again i'm, I'm sure we'll
0: get to that backstory
1: <laughs> I, I would then have to question her son and then kind of just be like what's up with this kid no, but why, there, is he, I mean, why is she still like a beacon for being kidnapped?
0: No, it does a lot of just keeping her as you know an, an average woman that's you know hell bent on getting her son back, which is you know a, despite the kind of topness of the her. film, it's certainly a relatable idea. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, but, that's and, fair. And yeah, it gives her enough smarts to handle the situation as best as she can, given the extremity of what's going on, the fact that she's in a constant car chase in a minivan. Um, but it works. It, there's a lot of if this was a if there was like a lesser actor involved. I, I could I could see um you know this going like straight to video or what have you because like the direction like it's it's not the you know it, it, there's a lot of like fast cutting and whatnot to give you the sense of like a, a constant like car chase and the surrounding cars around it and whatnot like there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. there, there's a lot of kind of the way things are filmed are not amateurish but you kind of you can see the kind of shortcuts they're using to get across how to best make this, you know, work with the budget they have and the, you know, the talents of the, the filmmakers involved. Um, but because you have Halle Berry, who's also, like, a producer on this movie, it does its job. Like, it's effective.
1: Does she do any crazy stunts in the car that makes it unbelievable, or is it kind of just regular driving? Oh, um, I mean, Like, Like, she's not doing, like, you know, 180 flips, or she's not, like, you know, doing these drifts into corners, is she?
0: There's, I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no, like, fast and furious driving, but there is a lot of, like... Okay there's reversing in the wrong side of the road and there's yeah yeah. you know making making sharp turns at the last minute or you know doing certain stuff like that but yeah not like she's not stunt driving necessarily i mean right
1: so i'd be like okay who is this mom really
0: and there is i mean there's a there's a good handle i mean bad things happen to certain people in this movie involving the cars and whatnot but there's a there is an attempt to kind of Justify whatever collateral damage there is without having her be the direct cause of it, which I appreciated. So it's not mm-hmm. just, it's not the kind, you know, it's not like we saved one person, but we killed like 17 other people in the process. Like it's not that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a Batman versus Superman situation where yeah. Batman's saving the day, but he killed like half the city.
0: It, it, well, Man of Steel would be the better one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a sad one. Uh, who's the director in this movie? Uh, his name is Luis Prieto. Okay, I
1: may not be familiar with his work. Not many, um, many like big credits here. Okay. Um, that I... But it was it was kind of uh, well done, with given the budget that. It's,
0: yeah, it's well it's well done. For
1: what it's done. Like, it, okay. it works. <laughs> Which one would you like better? Which one are you gonna watch more? Like a Saturday night? Would it be Kidnapped or would it be uh, the call? It's just a, that's just a good double feature. You don't need to separate. Them. <laughs> that's,
0: just, <laughs> that's, that's a good so,
1: set. of movies. She leaves her day job as a call dispatcher. And then she goes and picks up her son to go play with him at the park on a Saturday, and then this happens. I see. I see where this is going. Yeah. I mean,
0: it, 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 they're these kind of lean-B <laughs> movies that get to the point quickly and are exciting to watch.
1: Again, her movies are making it to the theaters. They're getting theatrical releases, so that's that's a plus. That's a win. Exactly.
0: Um, all right. So what else? So, I want to get to new stuff. Okay. But I, I'll talk about this real quick because I did finish this. Um, it sure. took me multiple years but um, the first season of Iron Fist on Netflix.
1: I still have not started. So I, I'm curious your, your thoughts.
0: It's easily the worst one of the um, okay. the Marvel Street Heroes Netflix shows. Um, yeah, and, by, awesome by, Netflix. and by worst, I mean, I like the other, you know, three. Um, and I don't like this one. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> Not mincing words. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's a mix of like, acting choices and the filming and the story and the action like it just it doesn't come together in a way that's as satisfying even as it goes on which you know there's 13 of these things just like they're in the others there's yes. a couple that are more interesting than others but it's just the the, the Danny Rand character who's Iron Fist um, it's he's not nearly as interesting as you know a blind lawyer or you know, Jessica Jones, alcoholic um, superhero, or Luke uh, Luke Cage. Luke Cage, you know, as this kind of uh, you know.
1: Well, he's this, like this, this like uh, own hero, hero.
0: This kind of hero for hire in Harlem, where like you know it, yeah. just, it uses all of these settings and all of these characters in ways that you know feel appropriate. This is just like this rich kid comes back out of nowhere and just wants to, I don't know what exactly, just like be able to live back in his life again and. It's just there's no like the drama is not very high here. It's like I like any. I don't know what his failure would result in because it's just like he still has millions of dollars and does whatever he wants to. I like, guess I don't.
1: I don't know what the. Wait, what the, you're telling, you're telling me that he's got millions of dollars and he can beat up everybody with his iron fist? Yes. So he's got everything.
0: Yeah. It just there's a there's a greater you know plot involving the hand which has come up in the other shows as well, mainly Daredevil. Um, which will be a big part of def- the defenders. They're going up against the hand, like all of them. But like, yeah. as this kind of isolated season, it's just the the, the characters were never compelling enough um, to make it this kind of a thing that you know fits as well as the other ones did. And so, yeah, it just. Even if my reservations about the other shows, at least I like the story that was being told. Even if it took too long to tell it, this is just like I don't really like the story that's being told, and it's taking me 13 episodes to get through it.
1: How did you ingest the episodes? Or is it one a week? Or did you do two and then stop for three months and then picked up picked it back up later?
0: Basically, yeah. I watched like the first four. <laughs> I watched the first four for like a week, and then yeah. I picked it up and just because I because Anna and I we saw the first episode of of Defenders
1: at um, Comic Con. So I like, kind, okay. Yeah. I'm it's kind like, of jealous that you guys were able to see that.
0: Yeah, so it's like, well, I guess I gotta finish Iron Fist now. And so I did, but it just t- it took like it took for It's like I was watching like one a you know, one a night or one every two nights or something before I like went to bed. And it was just like, oh well, this is <laughs> this is still it's, going. I can do other things while I'm doing this, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh you mentioned that some were better than the others, and I'm curious as to whether that's when they had actors or actresses from the other shows. That cross onto Iron Fist. Did you feel as though those were the ones uh, that were better than others?
0: Um, mainly it's, it's the Rosario Dawson character that comes in, and uh, like there's a there's an energy that comes in from seeing you know basically a pro come into a show full of you know novice actors by kind of comparison, right? Injecting a sense of chemistry and you know some more humor or what have you, like that that aspect works. But yeah, I mean it's just like this is the Oops. it's I don't want to call it like a necessary evil, but it's like yeah, this is just a part of it that you, you know you don't even watching the first defenders. Like I probably could have watched all the defenders and not have to worry about watching all of iron Fist, but I did. And I don't necessarily regret it, but it's like, yeah, that's not the best.
1: <laughs> you know, now, you, now you're, uh, now you, again, you're, uh, you've completed the, the, the first phase of it. Yeah. So, you know, again, the backlash from the iron fist series, I'm sure that Netflix has heard it. I'm sure that they're taking the necessary steps to not have a terrible season two. um, so yeah, I mean, to. is that,
0: I mean, given the given the, you know, high regard for the rest of the seasons versus this one, it's like you can't be blind to how effective this was.
1: Yeah. And I still have not watched it. But now that you've told me that you've done it, pure pressure, I guess I've got to finish it, too, because <laughs> I, I I want to be a completionist. I want to make sure that I understand everything that's going on in the defenders.
0: If anything, I would say, like, read the Wikipedia for most of it, and then, like, watch, like, the last, like, <laughs> the last like three episodes, because those are pretty oh, action-packed, like, okay. pretty action-packed and did get a lot of stuff done, <laughs> so.
1: That's good to know. But, yeah. So, yeah, that's Iron Fist. I'm glad that you finally completed it a year later.
0: <laughs> um, it just, it, it, I mean, it came out in, like, what, February or March? March, I think. Um, it just, yeah. It's August. I'm finally finishing. Um, yeah anyway, let's move on. Let's get to some new stuff. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's start with the let's start with the summer box office. Um, yes, we've, we've been tracking this over the months because we do have a you know we have a summer gamble where you and I, along with many other uh, frequent guests on the show, we've all predicted what we think are going to be the top ten highest grossing films of the summer, and um, yeah, uh, <laughs> this is going to end soon by the end of this month. Um, yep. There's th- 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 things have been shaken up or what have you. I mean, so yeah, Annabelle. Which you have, I think, in like a dark
1: horse, or in a, is your list? In a dark million, horse? That's a whole lot. Okay,
0: but yeah, it, you know, thirty-five million. Uh, it's not right. gonna, not about to crack the top ten, um, right? I will say, uh, the Dark Tower, which we were somewhat curious about, that like re- had a huge drop in its second weekend, so it's only made like thirty-five, of the, or it's made thirty-four, or AKA one million less than Annabelle did in its first weekend. Um, <laughs> And, but everything else, I mean, you can make some notable points here. Let's see, Dunkirk is making, still making a lot of money. It's having very small mm-hmm. drops, and we'll, we'll pro- I mean, it's out probably out of
1: fifth.
0: It will probably end up fifth. It'll probably catch up and pass yeah. Cars 3 before the end of the summer. So, uh, it's I
1: promising. mean, get on them. Yeah, get me, on, them.
0: Good on them. I mean, that was a big wild card for most of us. Like, I had it in my top ten. I don't think many, only a few of us had it in, like, our top ten. A lot of us had it. Yeah, as a possible I,
1: saw, it, I saw a lot of folks in Dark Horse territory with it.
0: Um, which, I mean, don't bet against Christopher Nolan. That's,
1: I that's, mean, that's the lesson. That, that's a, the that's a great takeaway lesson of this is just don't bet against Christopher Nolan. Regardless of the genre of the movie, just don't bet against I Christopher mean, if Nolan. A
0: highly acclaimed director that makes consistently good movies is making a thing that's a big IMAX play where you want to see this in theaters. That's something that people yeah. are probably going to see in theaters. Right. Um, what else? Let's see. Just in general, uh, as far as things go, Wonder Woman's crossed a $400 million at this point um which is i mean it's already cemented as the, as the number one film of the summer but that's you know just another milestone it crossed
1: again kudos to that team that was uh that's a terrific win um
0: Despicable me 3 is probably going to be the biggest worldwide hit of the summer um should
1: it is... at 800 million right now yes uh, yeah it's yeah. at 920 million right now okay never mind it's it's increased since the last time i signed yeah. <laughs> um so that's yeah that's doing its thing um on a budget of like eighty million, yeah. I'm I'm yes. Uh,
0: Spider Man's making a time. I mean, it's crossed three hundred at this point. It's crossed over seven hundred. It still hasn't opened in China or Japan, so there's still like two big ones
1: coming as far as. The oh movie. wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't it's, know that it hadn't opened in China yet. Yeah, so oh. it still
0: has a little ways to go. Assuming people in China and Japan want to see Spider Man, which they probably do. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was a movie called Wolf Warrior Two.
1: Yes, I have been hearing tons about this movie. I'm glad you're bringing it up.
0: So, <laughs> Wolf Warrior, um, the first one it's a it's a Chinese action movie, um, mm-hmm. a, and it's so because I, so I watched Wolf Warrior because it's on Netflix. So I watched that because it's it's streaming on Netflix, um, and it's um, it's it, it's okay. Like it's it's nothing re- revelatory. But Wolf Warrior two is like this like giant smash hit right now. Like, yeah, it's like it's, number it's, movie in China like all time or something like that. Yeah, it's it beat the Mermaid, Stephen Chow's mermaid, the Mermaid from last year is having like as far as like a, a single. You know, so when I say single territory gross, that's like you know something like Titanic grossing six hundred million in just the U.S. Um, yeah. uh, Wolf Warrior two is looking to beat that kind of record. Like it will have more, it will have made more in China uh, than Titanic made in America. Uh, yeah, without counting like the worldwide grosses, and it's in a position where it can be one of the biggest like worldwide hits of the year. Um, which is like it, which it's, is
1: incredible well,
0: it shows you how much like people, you know the world outside of America there's still other films being made but like world <laughs> 2 it like from the trailer I saw and like watching the first one like it's a pretty straight ahead action movie there's nothing like it's more of the kind of the 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 action is you know it's very big and over the top and, and stylish as far as like having like military sure. characters like doing like all kinds of flips and things in addition to using like guns and snipers and whatnot and and it's like it's neat to see the kind of the separation between like a Hong Kong action movie versus a Chinese action movie. Because like a Hong Kong action movie, it's a, you know stuff like John Woo used to do or Johnny To. Yeah. Like those are movies that are generally rely on like assassins and people that are like you know like corrupt cops and things like that. But when right. it comes to like Chinese action movies, they're very much pro-China movies. Like they you know it's like it's like Wolf Warrior movies are about like the military and it's all about you know the, how great the Chinese military is. It's like it's which is. Which is fitting. I mean, movies in America yeah. that are about the military generally about how great American military is, and it's just it's neat to see a kind of separate, you know the kind of same thing applied to a Chinese action film, and you and you see that here, and it's it, it makes me wonder how dry is the sense of humor coming from the, you know these filmmakers because it's so broad and over the top that it makes you wonder is it trying to be somewhat of a parody of other action movies or is it just really interesting? Serious? And I, I can't quite decide that, but it is entertaining. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's pretty. It's stripped down, noble, old barbed stuff where it's just like a group of people get in the situation and there's a bad guy. And it's like the first one has. Scott Adkins as the main villain, who's like a big you know DTV. Well, I action. thought
1: he was in the second one. No,
0: Frank Grillo's in oh. the second one. Oh, Frank Grillo. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I love that it's Frank Grillo. Like i all always like, they recruited Frank Grillo to be like the 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 evil bad guy in Wolf Warrior Two. Right. Too. And I that, mean, to be fair.
1: He probably got paid like fifty million dollars. Oh, so. he's probably you
0: know he probably made a nice you know chunk of money. To be like,
1: oh yeah, right.
0: I'm not getting these leads in American movies. Might as well just be the villain in some Chinese movie and make my money there. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm disappointed because I thought there were gonna be wolves in it. So you, you have, oh, Abe, you have not seen Wolf Warrior. <laughs> oh, are there wolf? Well, okay, no. Let leave me in suspense. Leave I'll, me in suspense.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Just just watch the first <laughs> wolf. It's only like it's, the first one's only ninety minutes. The second one's two hours. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you just you just wait to see what what the movie Wolf Warrior entails because <laughs> I was surprised.
1: <laughs> All right, I am very highly intrigued right now. <laughs>
0: So let's uh, so that's that's some box office stuff. I want to get into. Yes. Let's uh, let's move over to this other thing that happened this week. Um, Disney announced that they're going to be developing a streaming service.
1: Yes, they are. Yeah. So they're started pulling their content from Netflix and said that they were going to start our own thing and we're going to have you guys pay for it. And a question that I have for you is, uh, first of all, what's your general thoughts? But also, secondly, what is the business with everyone starting their own subscription service now? Or you you might be paying more than what you already do. So is that a good thing?
0: Well, there's this thing called money that's that corporations really enjoy having.
1: And so I've never heard of this concept. Please explain.
0: Um, Well, it's fine. I mean, so I know Netflix is trying to make a deal right now to keep the stuff like this, you know, start. They have like those Star Wars movies on there along with like Moana and other Disney properties. They want to keep that there. So they're trying to work out some kind of deal. So it's not completely done yet as far as pulling all the stuff. But yes, Disney is going to make a streaming service, which I mean, as far as various studios doing that. I get the logic of it because they're not thinking about, like, well, the average person is going to have, like, Hulu and, and Netflix and now this Disney one and you know, all these other thing, all the other ones, uh, you know, Amazon Prime and whatnot as opposed to having just a, a straight-up cable I, I, They're not, you know, it's not a concern about, you know, how many of these average, these ones are people going to be paying for as a total. It's just Disney's, like, we have a giant, category, or a giant library of stuff. We can put it out there right. on our own and, you know, charge for it, which I get. Like, I get the... I get the notion of doing it. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. Obviously, honestly, um, I'm kind of
1: stressed of that too. Actually, because because uh, it kind of reminds me you of uh, your experience with Comic Con. They used to have a Disney panel, and then Disney just decided to have their own.
0: Yeah, con, they, right. Yeah, now they have D23, so they have their own convention right. that happens every uh, couple years. Um, yeah. Whether or not I would use it, I mean, I think some of the things I've I've heard about this, as far as like rumors or speculation, is you know Disney launching a streaming service. They need to have stuff to go with it, not just their own movies or whatnot. So I, the the thing that's been, you know, long gestating is a live-action Star Wars TV series. And what? Yeah, that's been that's been the thing that they've been wanting to do for years. And uh-huh. if Disney's going to launch their own streaming service, one of the best possible things they can do to get people excited about that is to launch it in addition to having this Star Wars series start at the same time. Because yeah. who's not going to pay for a streaming service so they can see a new Star Wars TV show? Um, you can't see it, but I'm raising
1: my hand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But you, you're aware that there's a large audience that would be very happy yeah, to see a no, live I'm, I'm Star Wars I'm fully aware
1: that there's a huge audience that would be more than willing to pay 10 to 20 to $30 a month so to if, watch uh, Star if, Wars. If
0: Disney wanted to successfully launch a streaming service, which you know they do, the, one of the best decisions they could make is have some original content that you know appeals to many, many people. And right. I mean, I'm sure DuckTales is probably getting some audience, but a live-action Star Wars show is going to get a lot more audience.
1: Right. And, you know, on that point, too, that that's the other thing is um, Disney owns so many things. I mean, they have Buena Vista. They also have Pixar. They also have oh, yeah. the Star Wars rights now. So it's not just, you know, the Disney classics that were in the vault back in back in the 90s where it was literally, you know, Jungle Book or Pinocchio that they've expanded quite you know, a bit. So there's a it's
0: massive just, film library to go with it, along with, you know, right. just giant franchises like the Star Wars movies, like Indiana Jones now and like like Marvel, yeah. obviously. Uh, so right. there's plenty to have as, as far as w- what you would get out of a streaming service like that. so which again is why I'm not I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner, given all of the stuff yeah. they've had to
1: work with. Well, given the success of Netflix and I, I when you mentioned to me the price tag on Bright of ninety million, that's a lot of money for a straight to, or a streaming service company to invest in a movie
0: it is and netflix is currently apparently in debt too so it's like oh I
1: really i didn't know that but yeah. with that being said though you start you start to see a lot more netflix production stuff i mean amazon and netflix are going at it with the academy awards amazon won first but of course this is a huge player that i'm also honestly kind of surprised that it took him this long to to try and do something but i'm not going to be shocked when they have terrific content
0: i mean just think about like last year where like I believe like four or five of their movies were all the top grossing movies of the year. (laughs) So it's like they they got the money to spend, it seems. Uh, Let's see. Look at some other stuff here. What else? Um, A couple, a couple, a couple deaths uh, took place. Yeah. Um, I'll mention this one first. Uh, Haruo Nakajimi, uh, the name may not be familiar to the average person, but he was the original actor to be in the Godzilla suit in the first Mm -hmm. Godzilla movie, along with several other things. He was a, 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 he worked in a lot of he was a lot of uh, did a lot behind the scenes filmmaking work. He, I believe he was um, involved in these uh, Seven Samurai production like as one of like the stuntmen around the same time that because his movies came out in the same year. So at the same time that he was playing Godzilla, he was also like on a Kuro Kurosawa set <laughs> playing <laughs> like in Seven Samurai. Um, he passed away at eighty eight. and rest in peace, brother. Long life and you know contributed to some major movies. And it just you know yeah. I'm a huge Godzilla fan, so it's just like oh, that's it's an interesting tidbit to. Uh, to hear about um as far right.
1: as yeah that was well, kind of a bummer here as well though
0: yeah uh another <laughs> another bummer to hear about was sam shepard passing away which happened a few weeks ago right. at this point but we haven't talked about it on the podcast um only 73 uh not quite old he had um, lou gehrig's disease apparently was uh, <laughs> uh, the issue but yeah uh you know obviously acclaimed playwright acclaimed actor um i've talked about this a number of times but i i'm a huge fan of the right stuff um just
1: yeah burnt. I, I okay. saw your post and that was uh, that's a great still shot that you posted uh with Sam Shepard walking away from the crash as Chuck Yeager
0: yeah him as Chuck Yeager is just like one of them like and he doesn't like it's not like he does much in that movie as far as like things that are showing how badass he is it's just as <laughs> Chuck Yeager he's just so naturally badass and like Sam Sh- uh, Sam Shepard has this kind of like this quality that he just really works um, with playing Chuck Yeager where he's just kind of this mythic man uh, right. You know, pilot, uh, accomplished pilot and, and veteran, uh, for that matter. And it's just that that, among other, you know, uh, Days of Heaven, uh, a, lot of, a lot of roles in Jeff Nichols' films as of late. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, you know, he's had a, a tremendous career. And obviously, you know, all the, you know, he won a Pulitzer Prize for his writing and his, writing, and his playwright. Right, yeah.
1: uh, I was going to say that, you know, he's had a tremendous career on the screen, but also off the screen, on stage. You know, he's yeah. he's done tons of plays that, we may or may not have heard about but again a lot of he's he's had a lot of success uh off and on and i was kind of bummed to hear just of his passing but obviously uh you know with complications to luke garrick's disease it's just uh it's an unfortunate situation but rest in peace as well yeah uh,
0: moving on news topics here um there is a Currently, a Dread TV series in the works. Um,
1: I did not know about this. Yep
0: they're they're currently putting it there. they're bringing Dread back in form of a TV series. And obviously, the question would be is like, okay, so is Carl Urban going to keep playing Dread, or they're going to keep you know have some new guy or whatnot? Carl Carl Urban, who has openly expressed you know wanting to keep interest. playing Dread and and you know yeah interest in continuing to play Dread in further movies or whatnot, he is now very much interested in being in the TV series. He really wants to <laughs> keep being involved in whatever way, which shows his devotion to the character.
1: Um, yeah, he but, was a really good dread.
0: He was, and yeah. So the, with a TV series actively in production, um, it'll I I would hope it works out work. How Carl, Carl Urban gets to you know make anything that needs to work work, so he can continue playing the character in this role. Um, yeah. There's no Do network. You know what, uh, there's no network oh, in play yeah. yet, as far as if it's like a streaming service series or like something on like you know like one of the like premium cable channels or something like that. Right. Um. But yeah, we'll just kind of see where that goes as it develops.
1: How funny would it be if uh, like CBS picked it up? And you're just like, okay, no, I'm not going to watch this show. (laughs) This show has lost all meaning to me now. (laughs) That'd be the worst or
0: Yes. Uh, speaking of random casting news, um, the Avatar sequels have been in development for a while, as you're well aware, they have we've, been. and we've yeah. talked about it on a previous
1: Hodgepodge episode, actually. So, yeah, uh, we talked about uh, the technology and uh, everything else too.
0: Yeah, and so we don't need to go too back too far back into that. But we did learn this week that Stephen Lang, who was General Colonel Corridge, General Corridge, the villain in the first, he was Avatar, great in it. He was great yeah. in it. He and he died in it, but he will apparently be back as the main villain in all four sequels of
1: Avatar. <laughs> I mean, given that it's a alien world, and I don't know how maybe they have, like, special mana from the, from the waterfalls that you know, run off the cliffs. Maybe that water has uh, rehealing qualities.
0: Well, we'll see. I mean, because Sigourney <laughs> Weaver's apparently back, too, and she also died in the first uh, Avatar. So something's going on in Pandora that's bringing people back to life.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's spooky, but at the same time, uh, I'd be curious if they actually are playing just different characters all together, but same actor. Probably <laughs> not.
0: Well, I mean, Sam Worthington's character was the twin brother of another Sam Worthington in the first Avatar, so maybe <laughs> there's just a lot of twins in this universe.
1: It's a uh, it's a weird universe. Uh, but when is the the next Avatar being released? Twenty twenty. So far. Or is it twenty nineteen?
0: So... I think it's twenty twenty. Pretty sure it's twenty twenty. Right. Yeah, because it's it's like after everything ends, because like after like the second Infinity War movie and whatever, like so yep. and after the Star Wars completes its first trilogy and everything so yeah it's supposed to be... okay okay so yeah um what else here let's see uh the Cohen. speaking of streaming Cohen brothers have announced that they're now streaming uh they're they have a western anthology series called the ballad of buster scruggs which is coming to netflix um it, at least it's in production now i know um tim blake nelson is like one of the key actors involved in this oh
1: man i love tim blake nelson especially in Cohen brothers movies
0: so there's not much else to say besides the fact that that's happening yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> And Tim Blake Nelson's attached.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Got that going. And, um, let's see, one last thing. Uh, Creed 2. Still Creedin'. Still.
1: <laughs> that is actually a pretty cool name. Abe, you were a big fan of Creed. I did like Creed a lot. And I think that there was a really cool mixture of, um, contemporary themes and contemporary, uh, uh, music. And then also, it was better than I was expecting it to be because I was down on it when we first talked about it uh, in terms of trailers. I was thinking to myself, why would they make another Creed or why would they make another Rocky series and have Sylvester Stallone in it? But now it's called Creed. So uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the by the finished product.
0: And I was all aboard from the start because I was happy with Ryan Coogler as the director and Michael Jordan as Creed. I thought that was just a really creative way to take it. And I was very, yeah. very happy with the results. It was just, it was just a fantastic movie. Um Great. So there is the plan is to make a Creed two. Michael or um, Ryan Coogler he's busy making Black Panther. He's not really involved in it. You know he made the Creed movie he wanted to make, but you know the movie was a hit, and so they kind of want to keep going. It is a the Rocky series, which has you know been going since 1975. (laughs) So that's a long time. So you have a you know a new massive Rocky movie essentially that came out. You want to keep making Rocky movies. Um, The the rumor right now is that in the sequel to Creed. Uh, Creed will be facing off of facing off against Ivan Drago's son. So the character Dolph Lundgren played in Rocky IV, he has a child, and they want to pit these children against these famous rock, these famous boxers' children against each other uh, for a match.
1: Rematch of the century, baby!
0: Uh, For those that remember Rocky IV, Ivan Drago famously killed Apollo Creed in the ring.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, I'm actually curious now if they're going to have Bridget Nielsen. Be like a mother that that basically acts like a, uh, Felicia Rashad that just is like, "Do you want to be killed in the ring, Ivan so, Drago Jr.?" It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Creed, but just all from the perspective of Ivan Drago's so mother. I,
0: I am curious how effective something like that would be because I think what Creed works with best is it you know not being a story about Rocky. It's a story about Creed. It has Rocky to so follow, right? Yeah, but it's you know it's its own it's its own character with its own motivations, and would having a you know Drago child against creed would that make it more about rocky again or would it still be able to kind of hold its identity as a creed focused film
1: that's a good question and i'm actually also curious about whether this would work i mean a lot of people have been kind of scoffed at the idea of well now you guys are just pulling things out of thin air and and uh, i can't remember who was quoted in saying this but somebody kind of close to creed or close to the rocky films were just like this is uh, this is like a money grab, and well, yeah. Stallone's all about this idea. He's like
0: he can't wait to make another movie like this and have that as the premise. Like that, he's.
1: I mean, he made like, to- he made Rocky four, Rocky five, <laughs> which I which I enjoy, but I know that you don't as much. Well, there's plenty
0: of Stallone choices that are questionable. I don't deny that. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm le- I, I agree with you. I'm less enamored with the idea of having you know Creed face off against no little Drago,
1: but I mean right yeah little Drago. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, and I was like, "He's probably going to be six foot five and, and built like a tank," and yet we call him Little Drago. It's not right. even little; it's it's lil l i l apostrophe. So,
0: I, I guess I'll just most be interested in who ends up directing and writing the film. A... I'm
1: also beginning to be curious if the, if this does happen, who they cast as as Little Drago.
0: <laughs> Dane DeHaan.
1: <laughs> he's going to have to bulk up he, like crazy. He bulks up. <laughs> He's gonna ta- he's to need to take some of that super serum from uh, Amazing Spider Man and bulk up.
0: My- Miles Teller.
1: Uh, he I mean, he, is, he he has done a boxing movie,
0: and he and he did work with Michael E. Jordan before.
1: That's right. They were both uh, part of the Fantastic
0: Four series. Oh, that too. I was I was thinking about that was it that that awkward moment in that movie.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I totally forgot about that movie. That's uh, well, the Zach Efron. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yes, the Fantastic Four.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who is
0: the the kid who played Ben
1: Grimm? Uh. Uh, Billy Elliot. Um, Jamie. Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyhow, we know a lot about uh, trivia. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, that's all the news we're going to cover. Let's get to let's get to some feedback. 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 This is where we go over the various questions answered on our Facebook page, facebook. dot com slash We asked a number of questions. You guys gave some answers. Then you asked us some questions, and we'll give you some answers. And uh, yeah. So okay. So our first question here: favorite film about favorite films about evil dolls. Brian writes, um, the one and only Chucky, to which I pointed out to him, that's not the name of a movie, and then he, says, <laughs> <laughs> he said, okay, so pick one for me, so I'll say Seed of Chucky, the worst one, um, oh, you
1: should just tell a regular Child's Play, first one,
0: yes, Child's Play,
1: that's what he's going for, yeah, um, I know, but I like how you chose the worst one for him,
0: uh, Greg writes, Child's Play 2 has always been a favorite, shout out to Tales from the Hood, though, thank you, Greg, uh, Chris writes, um, uh, my least favorite genre of horror, I have to say, Dead of Night, um, Jay friend of the show writes Toy Story 2 also Goosebumps was pretty fun those are good answers
1: I like those I, I mean Toy Story 2 is, I mean, Toy Story in general is a pretty creepy premise
0: but there are there is I mean there's Kelsey Grammer evil doll
1: in Toy Story 2 <laughs> so yeah as as a uh, sneaky stinky Pete the stinky prospector pee, yeah
0: uh, and then lastly Darren writes Curse of Chucky which is a good entry in the Child's Play series it's like it's one of the best ones it's really good what, what number is that one that's the latest one which would be okay. five, six <laughs> Yeah, a and, lot. now. and there's a seventh one coming out, which also looks really good. <laughs> is uh
1: is Brad Dorff still voicing? Yes, of course. He is okay, because uh, that's that's Brad Dorff in general just gives me the creeps. It's still <laughs> but...
0: Brad Dorff, and it's still uh, Don Mancini who's directed and written all of them.
1: That's amazing. That's that is amazing. No,
0: they, yeah, that's that's a rarity for a whole an entire horror franchise. Yeah, yeah, entire. That's, yeah,
1: an entire that's, like, series. that's,
0: that's five that's... plus films in. That's that's incredible. I and
1: mean, that just really adds to the continuity of the movies. <laughs> Uh, next question for guys, everybody what are your favorite films based on memoirs or personal life stories in relation to glass castle being released John writes touching the void Chris has once again and big blue the director's cut I think he, he also writes his, uh, I, I'm sorry I think he's
0: saying once again big blue because he said big blue before when we talk about Valerian as the Luke Besson
1: yeah. film yeah. he also writes 127 hours is good and touching the void Mr. Hardy and lastly Greg has gotta go with the big sick which is a pretty uh, contemporary one, and that, that's that's a good call. It's
0: good picks. Yeah. Let's see. So now we get to some questions we had here. Um, Chris asks, "Donuts or Danish?"
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with Danish.
0: I like donuts. <laughs> um, he continues to write. As it's nearly Christmas, feels like it over here in rubbish summer. What's your most anticipated movie for 2018?
1: That is a fantastic question, and I think that I.
0: Hmm. there's a lot of big stuff coming out in 2018 um yeah say black, their, i'll about say about black panther air. honestly like i'm really looking forward oh, to Black, black panther.
1: Panther. yeah and that's coming out like march or something like that february
0: yeah
1: february yeah because Aaron and i talked about this um in a general conversation off air and we were we were kind of remarking how many huge movies are coming out next year so i i don't really know if i have like one specific movie that I'm excited for. I'm kind of excited for 2018 in general.
0: I mean, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, like, there's a new Wes Anderson movie coming out this next year. There's
1: also, like, the, the Infinity War. The new, new like year, like, a new movie that's coming new out. Like,
0: there's a new Leica like movie coming out. Like, there's a ton of stuff coming out from, like, yeah. a lot of, and like...
1: Three, like both, three Marvel movies that we counted.
0: Yeah, in terms of both, like, both franchises as well as just directors I admire. Like, there's a lot of things coming out from all fronts. Incredibles 2 is another
1: one. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Incredibles... Yeah, see, again, this is exciting stuff, so... I, I just recently watched Ratatouille as well because I was uh, thinking about all the Brad Bird movies that he's directed for Pixar. Anyway, uh, so 2018, I don't know if we could really choose one, Chris, but if you have one specifically, let us know, and then we'll be sure to point at you and laugh. But with that being said, next question is from Adam. Adam writes for the show Adam Gentry. He writes, "How do you both say so fit and trim, Aaron? How do you do this?" <laughs> I'm not going to say a hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because you limit yourself to one donut a week?
0: I don't know if that's true these days. No, it is. I <laughs> have one a week. I'm like one every so I, often. I would
1: say that you stay fit and trim because you do a lot of yard work. You, know, you, you like to be active outdoors. You play ultimate Frisbee. Actually, you, know, you play Frisbee golf a lot, right? I don't know
0: how fit or trim I am these days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I just do a lot of cardio, and I do like 50 push-ups a day. If you do that, you're going to be pretty fit and trim.
0: Our last more serious question <laughs> is from uh, uh, Jason. He asks, What is going on with the Justice League movie?
1: Because I think the news recently came out that they lost their director, right?
0: Well, I mean, that was a while back, and we talked about it before at this point, where, um, yeah, Zack Snyder is, he's basically, he stepped down so he can deal with family issues while.
1: Is, yeah, his family.
0: Yeah, while um, Joss Whedon is taking over um, about $25 million worth of reshoots that they're currently doing. Um, but the latest news that's come up which has been around um, in smaller circles, is that the, the original film that they've already shot and why they're doing resho- re- reshoots is because it's supposedly not very good. Um, mm. And so they're doing a lot to kind of punch up certain things, as well as reshoot a lot of um, Cyborg's character to make him lighter, to make it, basically make him
1: more. Do you know if this was from the studio or is this Josh Whedon, Joss Whedon coming on and saying, maybe we should change some things up?
0: I mean the the studios or Just Whedon are not gonna comment on that kind of thing. It's more of just various people involved in the production in some capacity that gotcha. have leaked certain things that, you know, don't have a hundred percent you know accuracy to them necessarily. But um, one thing but the, the one of the main things was that yeah, they were reshooting a lot of cyborg scenes to make him more make it make it lighter, like dark take off some of the darkness around cyborg, which makes sense given that cyborg is mainly known by kids through Teen Titans. Yeah, and so, if you're going to have cyborg yeah. a major part of Justice League, you probably want kids to be able to want to enjoy one of their favorite characters from the Teen Titans team.
1: I totally get that, but his character is a, it's a sad character. So I, I mean, in terms of his circumstances, he's going but, wrong I ways.
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, you can. I mean, they they've made some pretty goofy Batman movies, and Batman's not the lightest character around. So, that's, I mean,
1: that's a great point. There are I certainly mean, ways to Batman lighten up. Certain,
0: and I mean, I think the the whole trajectory of this Justice League movie compared to where things were was to, you know, get it lighter in general and make it more f- fun, for lack of a better word, for all audiences, as opposed to just the, you know, the the, the teenage boy audience of <laughs> this happy scene. Right. That everything is dark and gritty as possible. That's the
1: theme song to Lego Batman,
0: though. <laughs> Which is why Lego Batman's a great subversive character. <laughs> <laughs> dark!
1: <laughs> uh By the way, if uh, if that was the case of making it lighter, that Josh Whedon is a terrific pick.
0: I mean, as I've said, for based off that new trailer, not much dialogue there. Just a lot of action. So, yeah, shooting.
1: Yeah, shoot, I'm pretty sure that they, obviously they 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 uh, you know chose shooting the, newer
0: scenes that feature more people talking in witty banter. That you know tends to work out <laughs> well <laughs> as far as making things more likable. Uh, right.
1: Yeah. If you're if you're going to go the Thor Ragnarok route, you know, then that's you definitely have to shoot better witty banter. I you mean, know, much the same way that Aaron is like water, and I'm like fire.
0: Uh, more like fire and fire.
1: <laughs> but yeah, you're you're like uh, I forget what he says. a but I'm like fire. A <laughs> 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 Anyhow, um, yeah, so it's good to hear that they've got some corrections that they're making. But I'm curious about the final product. I oh, haven't yeah, seen. I th- did, was there a second trailer that was released?
0: Yeah, the one that came out for Comic-Con? Comic-Con and then got re-released again as they edited it more to be a traditional trailer.
1: Okay, I don't think I've seen that one. I've only seen the first one, I believe.
0: Because there was the first one that came out like months ago. Then there was the footage that came out at Comic-Con.
1: Actually, yeah. if you
0: want to be specific, there was Comic-Con footage from last year that came out. Then there was a trailer. And then there was a new Comic-Con thing. And then they re-edited that Comic-Con thing to make the newest trailer.
1: That's pretty specific.
0: So there. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> there.
1: Uh, what was the reaction like, or during that piece in Comic Con?
0: Oh, I mean, everyone's cheering. against Comic Con. <laughs> Comic Con with Justice League. It's good, it's good automatic cheers. Yeah. But yeah, right. as far as what's going on, I mean, I don't, I don't pretend to know every single detail about what's going on for the direction of Justice League, but that's kind of what's mainly hit in the news and what I can understand as far as why Cyborg would need to be kind of lightened up and what is being attended to in said reshoots. So
1: sure. Yeah. Which makes complete sense. Yeah.
0: All right, let's move on now. Let's get to that yeah. was feedback. Feedback. Be feedback. Feedback. Let's uh, let's get let's start wrapping things up here. We've been going on a little while. Um, yeah. First up, out now out now presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week, and uh, quite a few things here. First up, Alien Covenant. Uh, pass. <laughs> I think it's not great, but I, it's fine. Um, <laughs> let's see everything. Everything. This was one of the YA movies that came out, like, in beginning of June.
1: That's uh, with uh, Rue from Hunger Games, right? Rue from
0: Hunger Games and the kid from Jurassic World, the older brother. Oh, really? <laughs>
1: uh, I've heard mixed reviews on this.
0: Yeah. Let's see. Uh, the Wall, which I was a big fan of. That was Aaron Taylor-Johnson, John Cena, the Doug Lyman film.
1: Right, I've heard mixed things, mixed positive
0: about the uh, the sniper trap behind the wall against another sniper. I think it's it's really I mean, I got the review of the Blu Ray again this week too. It's it's an effective thriller. Like it's that's not, not in the same way as like kidnap as far as like what kind of movie it is, but in terms of like getting <laughs> nothing his,
1: will be kidnapped.
0: <laughs> but in terms of like efficiency and what it's trying to do, I think it's really good at what it does. Yeah, uh, for a small scale project from Doug Lyman in between like his massive projects that he's been doing.
1: Live Die Repeat, Live I Repeat Part Two, Live Die Repeat, oh. repeat. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the title. Let's see. Um, How to be a Latin lover. Uh, I've heard that it was very popular, but I have not seen it. Now,
0: let's see. Once Upon a Time in Venice. This is a Bruce Willis straight-to-streaming movie that...
1: Oh, terrible. I was going to be like, guess what you say?
0: I believe it has Jason Momoa in,
1: as, like, a villain. <laughs> Jay- Jason? Oh, okay. I was going to be like, Jason Momoa is a love interest? <laughs> as
0: a villain. <laughs> uh, let's see. Chuck. This is the movie with Liev Schreiber that's based that's that's focused on the person that inspired stallone's
1: rocky i've heard like good acting from this movie maybe like you know cringe-worthy moments so i i haven't seen it though
0: yeah me neither Uh, let's see the good the bad and the ugly 50th anniversary blu-ray edition i have not heard the best things about this blu-ray actually i've heard that they've done some work on it that's not as good as the 4k transfer that came out
1: a few years ago at this point can i ask you a technical question yeah sure so in terms of uh blu-rays and is there a difference between 4k uhd Uh and any other format
0: yeah um a 4k uhd is a different disc than a blu-ray disc is much like blu-ray is different from dvd it's just Mm -hmm. a
1: high it's a higher resolution okay but sometimes the transfer is not always great
0: well it just depends on what especially with older movies and how they choose to format them um, to kind of utilizing so the thing about like good and bad the ugly that movie has a very specific color palette because of the kind of conditions they're working with and just sergio uh. leone's style in particular and so sure you can do what you want to to heighten the colors and the balance and whatnot to make it look really bright and whatnot but that's not necessarily what the scheme of that movie requires and right. so based off what i've heard this kind of new process that they went that they did for this movie it kind of it eliminates elements that made it what it is originally
1: now follow-up question yeah are there differences between 4k uhd and criterion collection per se
0: uh yes because criterion is just that's just the it's a studio it's not a it's not a disc it's not a format.
1: i see so the, that's the way that the studio wants you to see it yes uh, okay
0: well the, I mean, the criterion is a studio that picks up films from other studios and puts them through a process Uh-oh. to make them look as good as they can but they're still on blu-ray discs and on dvds so they haven't they haven't done 4k discs yet
1: I see. Okay, understood. Okay, that answers my question. Thanks. Okay.
0: Uh, Let's see what else. The Blacklist season four. I don't watch it. I don't know.
1: What? Um, What? Like, there's so many things with the term "black" in them. Like Black Mirror. Blacklist is the one with James Spader. Oh yeah, no, I
0: haven't seen it. (laughs) Um, Riverdale season one. I've heard mixed things. The Archie show. Yeah. Um, Legends of Tomorrow season two on Blu-ray as well. Okay. That's the one that's not The Flash and not Green Arrow and not Supergirl. So, so
1: none of the core characters from the series that it's you the, are. It's expected. that,
0: it's that fourth one <laughs> that's also on, <laughs> um, a couple things on criterion this week. First up hopscotch. I watched this one. It has Walter Matthau. It's from 1980. It's very good. <laughs> he plays like, he plays a CIA agent who goes rogue, um, cause he doesn't want to be trapped behind a desk. And so he just kind of starts like ready. Well, he starts, yeah, he starts writing like a tell all memoir about all like the bad things going on in the CIA. Um, with like the 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 less savory people were that like he was working. So he's for. the
1: anti Ian Fleming, okay?
0: Yes, when he, I mean, he just kind of he goes around and he like sends chapters of his memoir to various people while avoiding the people trying to catch him. It's and it's Walter yeah. Matthau, which is basically like what a typical CIA agent would probably look like as opposed to as opposed to like Tom <laughs> Cruise or whatever. So it's like this is actually really fun. Uh, but yeah, it's a good one. It was a good one to catch up with. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Bobcat Goldplate way early before we were recording, but Shakes the Clown, recorded, Shakespeare's 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 weird, the clown comes back. Yeah, shakes the Clown comes out on Blu-ray this week. Shakes the
1: Clown. All right.
0: Which is I think is like first or second directorial um, effort starring him, starring Bobcat Goldplate. I like and, that. And lastly, uh, Mission in Action, Missing in Action, the Chuck Norris action movies on on uh, Shout Factory this week. Sure. So, yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, that's an so opportunity of that now. Let's do extremely cool. These movies that are now streaming on Netflix in some way we can recommend or whatnot. Um, nothing like super notable. Some show called Atypical came out, which is like a half-hour series about a kid with Asperger's. That kind of sounded interesting. Um, mm, okay. As far as new movie releases, there's nothing that was like, oh, I got to make sure I mention this. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> Sounds great.
0: Um, next week's show. Uh, I'm excited. Next week, we're talking Logan Lucky. The latest from yeah. Steven
1: Soderbergh, who was
0: unretired to make another movie.
1: Which you and I kind of have talked about before in the past. Of just Did he say that he was retired, or is he just taking an extended break? Well,
0: no, he did the words, I'm retiring from filmmaking. You That's what I heard as well, which
1: is why it's weird that he's just like, no, I'll okay. still make you know, a couple of movies here and there, or under a suit in them.
0: I mean, I never... I mean, he's not a politician, for one thing. So it's not like I need to like, oh, well, he made a movie again after saying you wouldn't. So I can't can't support right. that. <laughs> but like, it,
1: it's like oh, I'm yeah. always welcoming of a Steven Soderbergh movie. Let me put that up for a well. well. You,
0: yeah, you should be. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. Um, uh, but yeah, you've Soderbergh, already seen it. Yes, I have. But Soderbergh is back, and uh, he's yeah, it's a, a heist movie. Um, that's uh, one to talk about. And we'll get to that next week. Good, good cast though: Channing awesome. Tatum, Adam Driver, D- Daniel Craig, a lot of people in there. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Now, the last thing we do here um, to wrap it up what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next?
1: I mean, from everything you told me, I would recommend to go and see Animal Creation or kidnap. <laughs> so, and what are we going to be seeing next? Little Lucky.
0: Um,. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yes, I I did quite enjoy Kidnap and Animal Creation, so I'd be happy recommending those. And I'd still shout out Detroit because it is, you know, for me, amazing. It's just it's not uh, it's not an upper, but it's certainly a great movie. Um, And then next, I I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff at this point. I I, I've seen Hitman's Bodyguard is the other big release. Oh, you have seen that as well. Okay. Yeah, I'll talk about that next week when we talk about Logan Lucky. Are you going to check out Patty Cakes? I I don't know where that's playing anywhere. Okay, no worries um but i am looking forward to seeing the trip to spain um with and rob bryden that's i can't can't wait to see it anna and i we've watched the first trip movies again um they're just really funny and i can't wait to see this third chapter in this this increasingly amazing franchise that's grown out of these i just
1: i just want them to do it whenever they have the chance to do it which is what they do apparently and yeah
0: Yeah. it's it's exciting and if i can wolf warrior 2 (laughs) i want to see wolf warrior 2 if i
1: Let me let me catch up on those too, because if you see Wolf Warrior 2, we might have to do like a special on Wolf Warrior Wolf Warrior 2.
0: Yeah, that'd be that'd be something. (laughs) But uh, yeah, and with that, I mean that's gonna do it for this week's episode. You can find more of my work on my personal blog thecodizik.com. You can find my movie reviews there as well as on Wise to the Blue, or at Aaron's PS4 on Twitter.
1: Follow me on Instagram Oakley and Twitter.com/slash/wolversmoose hashtag Aaron and Abe are Wolf Warriors.
0: And of course you can find all the other you can find all the other episodes about Now There on iTunes as well as on audio boom.
1: You can listen to us over at H H W L O D, SoundCloud and Podomatic.
0: Uh, feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us have any if you have any questions about anything we talked about this week, feel free to, you know, shoot us an email or something.
1: Yeah, right on our wall, Facebook.com slash or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash out underscore podcast.
0: And of course there's our Tumblr page that has plenty of gifts of Wolf Warrior action over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. No dot com.
1: spoilers, please.
0: <laughs> and uh yeah that's gonna that's gonna do it for this this uh this big hodgepodge of an episode i hope you that was a good hodgepodge episode that's I, I think so i hope you listeners enjoyed the various Toppers, topics you know, we went over a bunch of stuff and if you want us to do more of that kind of stuff let us know because uh, we're always looking to tinker the show a bit if we can to make it you know more enjoyable for the listeners and whatnot but we certainly have fun doing the shows as we do them so yeah stay tuned uh, we will have a commentary coming very soon as well as we mentioned Um, But yeah, until next time we talk about Logan Lucky, that's going to do it for this week. So until then, so long.
1: And goodbye.
0: with Stranger Things.
1: Stranger Things isn't a thing, er, uh, Stranger Things? Those aren't words. <laughs> <laughs>